Hello everyone, welcome to Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, all that great stuff, and I'm here to bring them to you. Uh, on today's episode, I'm going to uh, talk just briefly about some uh, movies that I have had a chance to watch. Um, as usual, I want to divvy up what is relevant to this show as well as then what is relevant to Movie Freaks show. I don't want to do too much overlap, uh, so it kind of makes it tricky because there's a lot of movies that I want to talk about on uh, this show that I also want to talk about over there, so I try to pick and choose and try to watch as many movies as I can that I can uh, separate what fits in good here on this show and uh, what fits in better on Movie Freaks. So anyway, hopefully there will be no technical difficulties on this episode or the upcoming uh, movie Freaks podcast taping. There has been all sorts of uh, snafus lately. I sprained my ankle uh, literally like an hour and a half before, not even an hour and a half before recording Movie Freaks here a week and a half, two weeks ago. And then uh, my co-host Derek had issues with his uh, with his laptop last night. So it's just been one thing after the other. But hopefully today is going to be podcast day where this episode is taped and up, and same with Movie Freaks. So, um, you know, a couple of quick things since I uh, last recorded, I think this was since I last recorded my, uh, my previous episode, is I was able to see Slayer and Anthrax and Death Angel in concert. This is last Friday, so this was about a week ago. And I know that on my last episode I mentioned that I was going to be going to see them. And I did. Uh, so a brief rundown of that show. Uh, because I don't want to say a lot, but I know that there are some people that like these types of movies and also are into some of the more heavy speed metal type stuff. I am one of them. I've said this time and time again to my to my uh, friends, and I may, I may have mentioned it on this show too, but two of my favorite types of music are classical music and metal. And when I say metal, I, I mean like these types of bands, Slayer and Anthrax and uh, Metallica and Megadeth. Uh, there's some newer bands, uh, Behemoth I do like, but for the most part, I'm kind of old school and I still try to gravitate towards some of the older bands that are still around and established and all that good stuff. So uh, when time allows, I'm, you know, I'm married and have kids, I do try to get to a show every now and then, and it's a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, even though I do live in North Canton, and I've got not that terribly far, not that terribly long of a drive, I guess, up to Cleveland, Akron even less of a drive. Uh, but depending on the venue will kind of almost determine, is it worth the drive? I was hesitant about uh, the Slayer show, mainly because it's, at the uh, it was at the Jacobs Pavilion up in the Cleveland Flats, and that is not an easy area to get in and out of. From what I had remembered, I hadn't been there in a long, 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 long time. So I decided, you know what? Um, it's on a Friday night. 
and the tickets for, for those bands are pretty reasonable, especially Anthrax, who I, I have seen Anthrax one other time. I saw Anthrax very shortly after, this is odd that, that this is how I remember it, but shortly after Kurt Cobain killed himself, um, or did he kill himself? I, I'm, I have my own opinions about that. Uh, so shortly after that incident happened back in 90, I want to say 94, um, Anthrax toured and they came to the Cleveland Agora and I saw them at the Cleveland Agora, but back then they had a different lead singer. I'm not going to bother looking up who it was. He was good. Uh, he was on one or two albums, I think. Uh, but then they, uh, I don't even know the backstory on what happened there and if someone got fired or, uh, or what happened. But, um, I, I just, I never really got into Anthrax that much after that show for some reason. But lately, Anthrax came out with um, two different albums. And um, they're both just fantastic. And that they were actually the reasons, this band was the reason that I really wanted to go to the show. Even though it's kind of a difficult place to get to. But um, Joey Belladonna is back on vocals, and I love his style. I have their Blu-ray concert release, uh, Chili in Hell. And uh, him and Scotty Ian, I'll tell you what, those two guys control uh, the stage. They all do. I mean, Frankie Bello and, uh, and uh, Charlie... Uh, I'm going to butcher his, his last name, so Charlie, the drummer. Um, th- everybody's great in the band, um, everybody. But Joey Belladonna and Scott Ian are so good in their respective roles in the band uh, that uh, I, I had to see them again. And Slayer, I have, uh, I've been a fan of Slayer's ever since 1991, I believe, 1990 or 1991, uh, some of my friends in high school were like, you got to listen to Rain and Blood and, and all of their old stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really into older metal, which is lame. Give me, give me a break. But then uh, Slayer did come out with Divine Intervention, which is the first album that I actually got. And it was so good. And since then, I've been a, I've been a Slayer fan ever since. Even though Jeff Hanneman's passed away, um, and they've actually gone back to the drummer that they were using off of Divine Intervention. Uh, so, regardless, you know, some people, oh, you know, it's not Slayer anymore. Yes, it is. You know, yes, yes, it is. They're still a band. It's still a, a job. They're they're doing their thing, and they're good. They're great. Um, I only was able to stay through half of Slayer's set uh, because I was smashed up against the front barricade uh, for Anthrax, and I had a and still do. I'm still nursing this uh, sprained ankle. Uh, but regardless, hell or high water, I was going to go to this show. And so I was smashed up against the front barrier for Slayer, or, I mean, for uh, Anthrax. And after Anthrax, uh, just being on my feet for that long, I'm like, oh, okay, I need to uh, I need to go towards the back, which I did. I was in the, in the pit, but I was in the very back for Slayer. And it was so loud that I'm like, you know, I'm starting to feel kind of old. This is really loud. So I stayed through half of Slayer's set, and I'm like, you know what? I saw them about two years ago, give or take, at the uh, Cleveland Agora with Suicidal Tendencies. I'm like, 
they're playing a lot of the same songs and it's off the, the same album that they're touring. So I'm like, I'm good. Let's just get out of here. And it was crazy trying to get out of there because my ears were ringing so loud. Um, Slayer is one of, if not the loudest band I've seen in concert ever. Um, on top of that, the, the getting out of there is just a nightmare. Uh, I would probably only go back to that venue if maybe if Anthrax would come back on a headliner tour, then I would probably go back. But I, no thanks. Give me Cleveland Agora any day. So anyway, but it was still a really, really good show. The pyrotechnics, the lasers, uh, all that great stuff for Slayer was so good. I just wish that Anthrax would have had a bigger set and a more elaborate stage presence. But they're not the headliners. Slayer is. So anyway, good show. If they come to a town near you, worth every penny. Death Angel, I had never... I had heard some of their stuff, but I never bought an album from them. And I got to tell you, uh, they rocked. They was really, really good. There wasn't many people there at the time because I got there pretty early, just wanting to beat the rush. So I was able to be right, right in the front. And they put on a really good show. They were really, really good. Uh, very similar style, a little bit more thrash. You can tell they're a little bit more of an 80s thrash sound, but I love that. That's, that's right up my alley. So all in all, it was a great show. Check the tour out if they come through at a town near you. Okay, um, so um, a couple movies that I wanted to talk about, and one of them was, um, I had hinted at the last time, I was getting uh, this three-pack from Code Red. Uh, the first one was Silk, and the next one was The Devastators, and then the last one was Dune Warriors. And I had talked about that, uh, as usual, Code Red movies are not cheap. Uh, they never have been, and I will be very surprised if they ever will be. Code Red uh, DVDs are still expensive to me, so just take that for what it's worth. Um, but I finally did get these movies, and I, uh, I was able to watch it, and uh, Chiro H. Santiago. And I don't want to do too much of a rehash, because I know I talked about this uh, a little bit last time, but now that I've seen them, I want to at least wrap up that portion. Um... Silk was not good at all. Um, some tough lady cop in Honolulu, and she's busting these smugglers trying to... Uh, there's a big crime organization of uh, Asian mobsters um, trying to buy identities of Hawaiian citizens, and it's for an hour and 25-minute movie, if that. It is all over the place, so hard to follow, and for something as cool, like for a cover as cool as this is, like how could you mess this up? How could you not just just hot babes killing bad guys? And it's not that. There's it's it's just all over the place. And I didn't like. Why is this so hard to follow? This should not be difficult to follow. It was. Um, and here's the biggest kiss of death for this movie. It, it's rated R, but there's very few reasons why it even should be. Um, it's very, very by the numbers trying to play it safe as far as like people are shot and then they fall down, but there's no real blood and there's not a lot of TNA, if any, and it's just everything feels uh, oh, PG-13-ish. And with a budget obviously this low, uh, no, it just didn't do it for me. This is the unrated version though, so who knows? I don't know. Maybe 
Maybe I'm so jaded and desensitized that I can't see a great thing when it's smacking me right in the face, but this is not it. Um, okay. Next, uh, after that, I watched that uh, Devastators movie, which, oh, what would be the closest thing to compare it to? I hate to even say <laughs> uh, comparing it to uh, The Expendables, but that's... Uh, Oh, this director actually did have a movie called The Expendables. How do you like them apples? Jeez. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's some lame dude uh, gets beat up. And things... There it is, the Devastator. Things happen. Uh, then more things happen. Then he gets his really, really silly, lame buddies to team up with him to fight this... Uh, this cartel in the woods because uh, he got beat up or something. and um, It's weird. I watched this movie about a week ago and I can remember almost nothing about it. That's about, um, that's about the extent of this movie. But 79 overlong minutes of the worst type of action that does not work. Uh, Somehow it manages to be slightly better than Silk because it's so bad that I'm like, oh, it's kind of funny because the acting is so atrocious in this thing. It is, it is atrociously bad. Um, so honestly, that could be a draw for some people. Like, no, no, this is okay. Uh, Rick Hill is in the movie, and he was actually in Death Stalker Part 1 and Part 4, and I am a fan of the Death Stalker series, uh, at least... The first two. I have not watched part three and four, but uh, come on, Scream Factory, release those movies on Blu-ray, please, I guess. Uh, anyway, so I'm not going to spend much time on Devastator because it, it was uh, those the pits. And then last but not least, and this is the third movie from, uh, from this director, Dune Warriors. Now, the good news is this one here was actually worthwhile watching. It's not great. This is from 1991, by the way. It's not great, but it's certainly watchable, and actually, it's actually one that I will probably end up re-watching. This one here doesn't have the feel of the other two. I know, obviously, the subject matter is different. This is post-apocalyptic uh, Earth, and there are groups of pretty bad actors are trying to fight over water, and so it's basically just an excuse for a low-budget production in the desert where uh, people shoot each other. This one has a couple of key things that make it work better. It has David Carradine, so immediately plus one. The subject matter is cool, admittedly cool. It's like it's it's hard to mess up just a simple Mad Max ripoff, and that's what this is. Uh, Rick Hill is in it again, and I must say Rick Hill isn't bad. As as uh, it, he was the guy uh, in Deathstalker, and he was in um, actually he's got a uh, a nice assortment of of uh, of credits, but not bad. I, I'm not bad at all. I will say that this version here on Blu-ray is uncut. There's an extra, I think, almost 15 minutes. And this movie here is a lot more violent, and there is a lot more TNA, and there's nudity, and it's, it's, it's a pretty rough movie, and it definitely helps the proceedings a lot. Uh, but if you're, if you like this type of thing, these types of low-budget Mad Max ripoffs, 
you would I mean, you can do a lot worse than watch something like this. It's certainly enjoyable for 90 minutes and then it's done. Uh, it's interesting. The sword, uh, the sword and costume worn by David Carradine in the movie was pre previously featured in The Warrior and the Sorceress from 1984, and then later in Wizards of the Lost Kingdom Part Two. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else for this movie that's worth mentioning? Are any of these movies worth buying on Blu-ray from Code Red? If you're a collector like me, then yes. Uh, even the lousy ones, because the uh, resellability on these is fairly high. Usually, uh, Code Red Bill only has uh, limited quantity runs of these of about a thousand, and then they're sold out. And uh, his transfers have been continually getting better and better on Blu-ray, and so I can't imagine that these... I'll be able to get my money out of these and then some more than likely if I ever go to sell them, which for right now, why would I want to do that? Because it's an awful movie on Blu-ray that I should probably own, right? Sure. So, anyway... Definitely check out Dune Warriors if you so get the hankering. Uh, the other two, woo, those were tough. Uh, very tough. So, anyway, uh, moving on. And I also wanted to make mention um, that uh, Code Red is coming out with a slew of new uh, Blu-rays. And I, I know I spent some time last episode talking about that, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time today. But uh, do, yourself, uh, do yourself a favor and go check out uh, Code Red's Big Cartel. Just type in, do a search for Code Red Big Cartel and click on the link and check out all of his crazy weird goodness that he's got for sale. Uh, some of his other stuff are on, is you can be, you can find that on Screen Archives as well as uh, Diabolic DVD. And not the porn one, but there's, there's a porn one, Diabolic, and then there's another one that's Diabolic DVD and it's uh, horror exploitation, that type of stuff. And these movies... Uh, well, maybe not these exact movies. I got these from uh, Screen Archives, but the other ones, this this new set, you can find them over on uh, that uh, their website, Diabolic DVD. So, anyway. Um, okay. Uh, and now it gets kind of interesting because there's so many movies that I'd like to talk about. I'm going to talk about one movie here, and I'm going to probably do a little bit of bleed over into Movie Freaks uh, to later tonight, but I... I I have to talk about this movie, and it's another Code Red title, but uh, wow, what a movie this is. It is called Black Candles, and I know I mentioned this movie before on this show. Well, I did buy the Blu-ray uh, from from a guy online, and um, I'm going to probably butcher the Spanish uh, pronunciation of this, but it's Los Ritos Sexuales del Diablo or El Diablo. So there you go with the black candles. 1982. A young woman travels with her partner to England on the unexpected death of her brother. Staying with her sister-in-law, she finds her companion soon drawn into a satanic cult based in the house while rites seem to center somewhat on large-scale sexual uh, orgies and sex. And there you go. That's the movie for an hour and 24 minutes. That's it is it's a softcore TNA show through and through. Um, I, I will say this is an enjoyable movie for what it is because it's so crazy. Um, I believe that the director, there's been more that the director actually wanted to disassociate himself with the movie upon its completion. I can see why. It's crazy. Uh Pretty much any reason for someone to get undressed, that's what happens in the movie. 
here's why I'm really including this movie on this show. Um, about halfway through, and this is there's a spoiler coming up here, folks. So if you don't want to hear it, you may want to fast forward just a couple minutes. But there's a scene halfway through this movie where, and literally, this is all done in pretty much a house, uh, this big house. There's a scene where this writhing woman gets stripped down, held down, and in comes a goat with uh, <laughs> uh, and all sorts of sexual shenanigans go on then in this room with this cult and this goat and it is uh while they don't really show a whole lot what is implied is so gross and hardcore and nasty i'm like wow they really went there uh and it very much falls into hardcore i don't want to say hardcore it's not hardcore porn obviously but it's very it it takes it to that next level of sleaze there was a, sim a similar scene in um, the movie The Antichrist from the early 70s, which is a really good movie, by the way. Uh, but this one here is, oh, jeez, it's just so icky and gross and uncomfortable. And um, and the reason for it, I'm not sure why that scene exists other than the fact that they're making a horror movie. And let's throw this random gross scene in here. But um, very light on horror other than that scene there. Uh, but if you're into satanic-y, culty type of movies, then, hey, there you go. It's The Black Candles. The cover is, um, the cover, the cover is way cooler than the movie itself. It's got this demon-faced buff dude in a black cape, um, holding a pretty much writhing naked woman, and there's a goat in the background and candles, and I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Keep expectations low on this one. Um, it's a code red title, so, you know, it's, it's what you get. Uh, anyway, will I talk about that on the show later tonight? Probably, because jokes abound on something like that. Trust me. Uh, so, anyway. Um, and I'm going to hit on one more real quick, and uh, and then that'll be it. I did rewatch. Uh, Deathstalker 1 and 2 on Blu-ray. Uh, Scream Factory released it in a very limited edition set. I did uh, pick that up. And the transfers are really, really good on those movies. In fact, they were the movies are, themselves are so enjoyable that I had to go and pull out my old DVD with those on it to compare. And the, the Blu-ray is definitely a lot better. But uh, while I was at it, I'm like, ah, you know what? Watch Barbarian Queen again, because Barbarian Queen is on this as well. And so... Um, yeah, so I watched Barbarian Queen, and um, I gotta say, something about these Sword and Sandals movies um, are just so much fun. I, I, for some reason, it's something as simple as just people running around the desert, um, bad actors running around the desert, uh, shooting arrows at each other is just hilarious to me. And this one here was from 1985. Hector Oliveira uh, directed this one. And it's as simple as you can get. Uh, Conan ripoff. In comes this group of uh, renegade, whatever you want to call them, um, uh, nomads, and they trash this village and kill most of the people in the village. And this one lady survives. It was her wedding day, so of course she has to get revenge. And she teams up with with a couple other kick-ass ladies, and they go and get their revenge. That there, there you go. That's that's it. It's it's Conan on the most basic, simple, uh, 
simple level, but it's fun. In fact, I'm like, when it was done, I'm like, poof, that was only 72, 72 minutes long. I'm like, I wonder if it'll come out on Blu-ray along with the one that I haven't seen called Barbarian Queen 2, The Empress Strikes Back. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Uh, Joe Finley directed that one, just in case you're wondering. Um, I have to see it, and I will see it sometime. Sometime it's going to be released, or at least it'll be more obtainable, and I'll pick that one up. But for, for what it was worth, Barbarian Queen is a lot of fun. And at the very least, if you don't like it, hey, it's 72 minutes long with padded out uh, credits both beginning and end. So you're looking at about a buck five, something like that. It's not much, uh, but it's fun. And I, I had a smile on my face most of the way through, uh, even though the effects were just silly beyond belief it was still it still worked and it added to the charm i guess for some reason to, to me um so anyway check it out if you if you want whatever um i'm gonna wrap things up i probably spent way too much time on the concert but i love metal and i like talking about metal so this episode was a little bit more metal centric than just movies but Feel free to get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or comments or things that I should watch, things I should avoid, all that good stuff. I'm always on the lookout for these uh, little gems or uh, studios, companies releasing these little-known movies that I can get my grimy hands on and hope that they're good and hope that they don't have a whole lot of goat sex in them. Like, yeah, that one. Um, also, tune in to Movie Freaks because, yeah, we're awesome. And we're on iTunes. And then our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, taking care of uh, some newer release stuff, which I actually have a couple new release movies too that I'm going to be talking about later on Movie Freaks. So uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm there, all that good stuff. And it's going to be it for my show today. And as far as teases for next episode, I hope to have uh, J.P. Simon's The Rift on Blu-ray, and I'm going to give that one a rewatch and uh, review the Blu-ray on that on my next episode because that is a great underwater creature feature. I've talked about it before, on this show, but I'm looking forward to rewatching it uh, with uh, through the eyes of HD. I can't wait because it's a fun movie. So stay tuned for that, as well as all sorts of other crazy, gross, disturbing, uh, uncomfortable goodies heading your way. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye. <laughs>